You are listening to Losing Weight with ADHD, the podcast to help you discover solutions to well-being, improved health, and sustainable weight loss with ADHD. If you're a woman with ADHD who's tired of trying every diet and weight loss program with no lasting success, I understand exactly where you are, and I want to help you to finally see the change you deserve. I'm your host, Jennifer Watts, an accountant turned nutrition and life coach with ADHD myself. Once I discovered the connections between ADHD and my lifelong struggle with weight, I was finally able to make lasting change in a way that felt great. If you want to do the same, then let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am thrilled today. I have my friend, my mentor, the amazing, the incomparable Carrie Lemansky is here today. <laughs> She's well. I'll let her tell you a little bit about what she does. She's a, a business coach and ADHD coach. Let me let her say her spiel about what it is that she does. I feel like I won't do it justice. But Carrie, hi, <laughs> hi Jen. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm really good, and yeah. I am the chief weirdo at Carrie Out Loud. And I help out-of-the-box thinkers and ADHD women build better businesses so they can have better lives because of it and to be able to use their outside-of-the-box brains. And I take a strength-focused approach to helping women build their businesses like holistically. What I mean holistically, because we hear that word all the time, it just means the whole person, the whole entity, because there's the nuts and bolts of the business and then there's you and it's all one thing. So I definitely take the approach of the person and business because they're equally as important. And I'm also a life coach. So I have a twice over life coach certification and I love to help women who have ADHD. Yeah. So I'm your divergent friend. <laughs> and it, It's so true. Anybody who's out there who is thinking about or is into entrepreneurship, which is a lot of us as ADHD people, we are so much more likely prone. I don't know what the word is to go into. They're 100% more likely to go into business for ourselves or entrepreneurship. Yeah. But let me just say that like, it makes a huge difference. Like if you have ADHD and you want to do this kind of stuff and you're looking for some guidance, some coaching, some mentorship or something, get yourself a coach who has ADHD themselves and truly understands it. Because I can tell you from personal experience, (laughs) it is not going to work. They are going to try to put you in a box that is not going to work. And you're just going to feel, yeah, I don't even want to go there. But it's just, it's, it is such a wise move to work with somebody who truly understands you. And what's cool is that there's not a ton of us out there. There's Mm -hmm. not a lot of ADHD business coaches. There's a lot of ADHD life coaches. Mm -hmm. but business mentors, not as many, just because Mm -hmm. it's something that so many women are figuring out that they have in the first place, because they'll lean into their anxiety or their depression, or be told they have anxiety and depression, or even maybe OCD or bipolar. And the core problem, the root of it all is ADHD, but it takes time to figure out. And, and some people are like, well, you know, don't you spend too much time on the internet? And I'm like, the internet is how I found myself. And mm-hmm. uh, my phone is where my friends live. My not my, <laughs> my in-person crew, of course, but my phone is where my fellow ADHDers live. And that's how I figured it out. I had to go proactively to my doctor mm-hmm. and tell him that I figured out that there are things that don't fall under ADHD. They don't fall under depression, but yet I still check out all the boxes. And I was told, no, I just have anxiety and that we're just going to have to get that under control first. And I listened to the doctor because I'm like, who knows better than me, my doctor, until I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, this is real. This is Mm -hmm. real. And that's the topic kind of we're going to be speaking to today is how gaslit we can feel sometimes. How gaslit we can feel from the medical community, how gaslit we can feel from people saying uh, everybody's a little ADHD because that's baloney. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a neurological condition that causes us to see the world through a different pair of glasses than everybody else. It's like one of my good friends explained it best. Everyone has a car full of gas and we're on a unicycle (laughs) going uphill (laughs) both ways in the snow, you know? So 
it takes one to know one. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard that, that sentence? It, it, it takes one to know one. And so having a business mentor, if you have ADHD, having a business mentor with ADHD is a hugely unique advantage. Yeah. And if you don't have ADHD and you hire a mentor with ADHD, you also have a huge advantage because <laughs> our brains are massive and our brains are full of creativity and yeah. we can bring a little bit of that weirdo unhinged energy in yes. there and shake, shake things up. So that's, well, like, we come up with ideas is- that just other people just wouldn't occur to them or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. totally agree. Like even if you don't have ADHD, you're at an yep. advantage with a yes. coach or mentor that has ADHD. And that, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to touch on with you today is some of the the ways that it might show up for people that mm-hmm. they aren't aware of. Because a couple things that you said there, like, totally struck a chord with me. I was the same. Like, thank goodness for the people on the internet <laughs> talking about mm-hmm. it. Because even, I know you and I have talked about this before, but even though my son was diagnosed and I had therapists and I had been, you know told that I had these mental health issues since I was like 13, it never occurred to anybody to even check if I had it. And I had all these symptoms. And so where would you begin if you were somebody who thought, who maybe has been told it's just anxiety or, or something like that, or is kind of experiencing what we would define as gaslighting? What would you like, what are some of the things that might indicate that they might have ADHD instead? Well, first things first, ADHD, as I said earlier, is a neurological condition and anxiety and depression are mental health conditions. Mm-hmm. So that's a big differential. Now, ADHD can come with, or I don't like the word create, but anxiety and depression can be symptoms of untreated, undiagnosed ADHD, mm-hmm. right? So if you've been living your whole life through a different pair of glasses, You are told you are too loud. You are told you are too big. You are told that you are too big mouth. You, you speak your mind too much. You, you maybe are a TMI person or a, an info dumper, meaning like you, you'll sit down with someone and just dump all the information that's in your head at them or essentially is if you're taking medication. And it may be helping the anxiety a bit or the depression a bit, but there are still things going on where you're like, this isn't quite right. So here are a few of them for me. Since I was young, my bedroom has had no carpet, meaning the floor was just a litter of whatever. When I was a kid, I used to drive my mom crazy. But that was because everywhere else in the house was like perfect and executed. And I, that space was mine. So I just did whatever the heck I wanted, right? I had a report card where a teacher literally said, this is one of the things that I'm just like, yep, this is the kind of gaslighting. And I was only in second grade. This teacher said, if Carrie doesn't learn how to stop talking so much, she's never going to have any friends. Oh my gosh. And then I found that report card when I was about 19 and read that. And I was like, oh, okay. So what happens along the way is you start to watch other people and see how they act or think that you have to try to figure out how to act based on external factors because you're being told from the outside world, sit still in a classroom for seven hours with other kids and read and since our, and and stay quiet, you know, like (laughs) all of the things that kind of go against the way that our brains work. And so with all of that, I think I read a topic I don't know how the heck they would figure this out. I never know how they figure out statistics, but this one struck me, not because of the statistic, but just the reality of it. It said like ADHDers get about 46,000 more comments about their behavior, you know, from like when they're young to 18 Mm -hmm. than anyone else, because we maybe talk a little loudly. We maybe bounce our leg too much and it annoys the person next to us. So like, I actually had a coworker tell me I typed too loud. <laughs> I can't make it up. You typed so loud. I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know you could type too loud. Right. So you get constantly getting these things told to you. And so you're continuing to shrink. You continue mm-hmm. to get smaller. You continue to try to figure out what normal is, which it isn't a thing. What is normal? Mm-hmm. If you can tell me what normal is. Uh, it's still an opinion, right? It's such yeah, an exactly. Yeah. But there are other things that 
go with it. So having trouble executing things in your house, thinking that you're a bad mom because you can't seem to do it the way every other mom does it, whatever that means. But we see other people not struggling with certain things and we struggle with it. And so the automatic response is, what's wrong with me? Yeah. And since women and girls, we manifest ADHD mostly internally. Mm-hmm. So we either have the inattentive type or combined type. And if you have the hyperactive type, usually the hyperactivity is in your head. It's in your brain. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the history of ADHD diagnosis, it was at first based on little boys who were bouncing off the walls. Then they thought you could grow out of it. Then they realized, no, boys don't grow out of it. They take it into to adulthood, but they learn how to manage it right? Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden it was like, oh, girls may have this. Oh, women may have this. And all of a sudden there was this like big smattering of us, a massive crossover in generation Gen X, which is me and millennials, which I believe is you. Mm -hmm. And we were lost in the shuffle. They didn't realize that ADHD was the issue because when it's boys, we got to figure out what it is. When it's girls, it's a mental health condition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's immediately where they go. Yeah. And there's a neurolo- it's a neurological condition and it's in the DSM-5. I'm in the U.S. You're in Canada. In the yeah. U.S., they use this book called the DSM-5 and mm-hmm. it's to help with diagnosis and help with what medications to give someone. And ADHD is in there except it's a neurological disorder. So There's just a lot of work that needs to be done to make this right. And so on top of being a business mentor, I'm an advocate and I talk about ADHD and the symptoms and the medications I take and what the response has been for me and what that all looks like. I'm not here to give medical advice. I'm here to share the life experience. And if you see yourself in that, it's maybe time to get an assessment. And the reason why I pressed when it comes to assessments is you're ruling in ADHD, we talked about this though, Jen, mm-hmm. and we're ruling out other problems. Did you have yeah. a traumatic brain injury at some point? Do you have learning disabilities or learning conditions perhaps? Do you have, you know, that there's other things that it could be. So when you do the assessment, it's to rule in ADHD and rule out other things. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I think we should be seen by a neurologist first. And then mm-hmm. once we are positive for ADHD, then be sent into the psychiatric arena to figure out what additional things come with our ADHD. And instead we're sent to psychiatrists to diagnose it. Yeah. So that's kind of where we are now. And the U S has no adult definition for ADHD. It's all really? done based on the research from kids yeah. in the DSM five. I don't think it's all, all from children, but the majority of the research is not about grown women. Yeah. So it's- it's just wild. And like, even yeah. as you were saying, like when you brought up the whole like internalized thing, that's very oh, much yeah. how it was for me because I I don't think from the outside, anybody would have thought that I had that except that my reports cards would say like, she, I forget what the word is, but it was, it was like, I can't follow through on things. Even though they knew I knew things, it was just like, I wasn't committed. I wasn't committed or something like that. But I like really internalized it. And that was so much of why I had this like perpetual painful anxiety as a little girl, Mm -hmm. like for, Mm -hmm. and it seemed like it was for no reason, but it was just because you just feel like there's something wrong with you. Why aren't I like the other people? Why do I feel like I just can't quite connect with people? And then, yeah, that what you said too about motherhood. Oh my gosh. That was the, like such a hard time for me. And when it's supposed to be such a great, I mean, motherhood is hard, (laughs) but just that whole sense of like, why does everybody else understand this? And I just can't get it. I just don't get it. And what is wrong with me? And then even to the point where you start thinking like, maybe I'm not like qualified to be a mom. (laughs) It's awful. And like, I just feel for all these women who experience this and then they're told like oh it's just mom brain oh it's just yeah it's just anxiety here's some like anxiety medication or whatever or even can't even like so not taken seriously and then there's wait lists and oh there's so many things to contend with yep did you hear my eyes rolling through all of that (laughs) (laughs) just so the women listening know in case you're think you might have ADHD but you're not sure first thing you're gonna do is Take a look online mm-hmm. and go to a site like attitudemag.com. 
there are all kinds of articles on there and there's a little like symptom checker. I guess that would be the way to, to call it. And I remember reading the symptom checker and checking every single box. It was insane. It was so wild. And then after, you know, checking every single box to be gaslit and told that it's not that and that it's mental health, Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't know. It's just the whole thing along the way feels so much harder than it should. Mm -hmm. So that's why I really want to talk about it. But the three times that women are most commonly diagnosed. Well, first, let me give you this fun stat, which I've seen over and over again. Women's average age of diagnosis is around 37 and males, it's around seven. Mm -hmm. That's when my son was diagnosed, seven. There's a huge disparity. The first time a woman may consider she has ADHD or consider something else is going on is when she has her first child. Just like you were saying, why don't I get Mm -hmm. it? What's wrong with me? What's going on? Well, what's going on is you've figured out all of these coping mechanisms your whole life to kind of keep some sort of structure together, like almost like you're using like band-aids all over everything. And then that baby comes out and the band-aids fly out and everything just, not only do you have a brand new human being, your ADHD just got turned up to an 11 because of all the hormones that are related with ADHD, like really flaring up like wildly. Mm-hmm. The second time is when your own child gets diagnosed <laughs> because they'll be like, who, you fa- who in your family has ADHD? And the mom will just kind of sit there blankly. And then the doctor's like, it's you. Um, <laughs> maybe it's you. And then the third time is perimenopause, menopause time, mm-hmm. because that's when our estrogen starts to drop. And so a common through line is rage. Like, why am I so enraged? Why am I so angry? Why can't I contend with this anger? I even used to say my shadow aspect is rage. What I came to find out is my rage was because there was something going on and I couldn't put my finger on it. So I hated parts of myself. And I was so frustrated because I didn't like pieces of me because I couldn't understand them. The moment I had the understanding that final puzzle piece clicked in. I was like, oh, I love me so much because like, you know what? I couldn't help so much that. That oh was my gosh. not my fault. I'm not just my like, fault. I know you guys can't see me, but my jaw just like dropped when Carrie was explaining that because I went through that. So this was before I was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. It was Very like, common. I don't know, a few years before. And I had a therapist and I kept telling her, I feel so angry. It's like, I, I didn't even know what to do with that feeling because I've never been an angry person. Like anybody right. that knows me would never define me that way. But I was right. like, oh, like all the time. And then you feel, I felt so like upset with myself for feeling this way because I was like, I'm not yes. this kind of person. I don't know how to contend with this feeling. And then, right. then what's wrong with me that I'm feeling this way. And it's like this big cycle of like, emotions and like self-judgment and it's debilitating. Yes. Because you're like, what's wrong? I have a feeling again, I am not a doctor. I don't play one on TV, but what I will say is that I think that at times postpartum for women, that fourth trimester, first of all, you're healing an in a wound from the inside out. Mm -hmm. So you have this giant wound in your body that's healing. And then they're like, oh, and by the way, here's a, a little human being and there's no instructional manual. So sorry, figure that out. And maybe we feel disconnected. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't bond as, as quickly. Maybe you feel postpartum depression, right? Well, is it postpartum depression? Is it ADHD raging because you aren't treated? I know somebody who didn't take medication for all three of her children, just did a live with her. And she was saying that, you know, for her three kids, she didn't have her meds and was able to finally get back onto them after she had her kids. And it was just like night and day. And she Mm -hmm. said that there was a doctor who uh, another friend of hers had who, while she was pregnant, she was taking ADHD meds because there's more than just stimulants also. So I don't know if they were taking a stimulant medication or a non-stimulant, but there are different types of drugs for ADHD. Stimulants are the most effective but there are other meds that you can use. But she's like been diagnosed since she was like 16. So she wasn't later in life. It was a really interesting discussion. You and I are both later in life diagnosed and mm-hmm. she's been diagnosed since she was younger. She's like, I just want to hug you so bad. I'm like, I'm like, 
we want to hug us. We want to hug each other so bad. Like yeah. we, we get it, but having ADHD, I think would make postpartum a lot louder and we can't mm-hmm. figure out why it's so loud to us. And everybody just seems to be coddling their little bundle of joy. And we're just like, I'm so angry and have no idea why. Cause you have this beautiful little baby and you're like, why am I mad? I'm not mad at the baby. Yeah. Why am I mad? Right. Yeah. So I wonder how much of that you experienced for yeah. yourself. Probably too. Yeah. And especially like the way that society kind of operates now it's, we're so like compartmentalized as families. Right. And so it's in a like heteronormal, I don't know what the word is family. It's like dad's gone to work and mom's home with the kids. And then you're just doing everything yourself. Like it's not like very community oriented. And so being alone and with all those responsibilities, plus like, you're just not capable. You know? like, right. You're just not built to be capable to do that. It's like, no wonder women suffer so badly undiagnosed in that situation. But think about this in tribal communities. And I'm not talking about like any specific tribe or, or think back perhaps when, when people were all in a group, raising children was communal, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very communal. And then for any woman, which I know several who had their baby around pandemic time. Yeah. Those moms, I cannot imagine what that had to be like, because normally speaking, most women will have some sort of tribe around them, a parent of theirs, a bunch of their friends, you know, people who come to help. I had a friend who came for the first seven days of my son's life so that we could adjust. She's someone I've known since I was really young. That was massively helpful, right? So we are always talking about self-care, but communal care is just as important. Mm-hmm. And so when we're having these kids and we also feel isolated, that too would add to those feelings because one, you're alone and you're isolated and you're not seeing people. And two, you now have to take care of an entire human that if you set that human down in the middle of the living room and didn't do anything, that child could not live on its own. No, So it's already an identity shaker, just already in and of itself. Yeah. And then you have to try to figure out how to nurse if you choose that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, there's all these pieces that come with it that are not as communal mm-hmm. in the U in the U.S. I know for us, but I don't know about in Canada if if people are come in community when when women of their their women friends have babies. Yeah, I mean, I I guess it's it's probably very similar. It mm-hmm. it just depends on where you are and even the culture that you're a part of. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just it's just different, and it's I don't know, it kind of makes me sad. But yeah. like when you talk about the community aspect of things. That sort of brings a couple things to mind. So that is for me, like, you know, going back to talking about the internet, like just seeing other women who have experienced the same thing as me, maybe not exactly the same or in the exact same stage of life mm-hmm. or, you know, have completely different lives than me, but I can see myself in them was mm-hmm. hugely helpful for me. And that's a lot of why I even talk about the things that I talk about. Because for me, like recognizing that connection with my struggles with weight, with the way that ADHD was presenting in me, talking about that and seeing if other people have experienced that too and making that connection with people was massive. But I know yes. you too have started your collective. Tell us about that. Because I think I just love this idea of connection because yes. this is this is so huge and important for us. Well, you know, I have enough confidence, but not ego. So this is like more of a confidence statement, but I want to have the biggest community of ADHD women on Instagram. That's my goal. Even if people listening have their own communities, because I'm not doing anything there, but literally education and humor. Mm -hmm. It's like, that is a passion project. <laughs> uh, my business is my business, obviously, my Carry Out Loud account. But the the Neurospicy Collective is for anybody who has their own community and they want their people. Because the whole thing is, when you start finding the ADHD community with the half full glass, because there are different ways of looking at ADHD. Some mm-hmm. people will lean into the fact that it's very debilitating. And it is, it can be, mm-hmm. but there are others who look at it like I'm here to do everything I can to manage it. 
And I said to one of my clients yesterday, if you're sitting in your own poop <laughs> and turning and looking around and asking everyone else what smells. Yeah. That's not about the smell. <laughs> okay. So I don't think that's on most of the people that I'm around. That's not on their bucket list, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and they want to, you know, we want to be around people who are like, people may not like this. I am a glass half full person. I know that what I have is technically considered a disability. American Disabilities Act, it's covered under there because sometimes in the workplace, we will need accommodations because of noise or stimulation or light or other things, especially since anxiety, depression, and autism are mm -hmm. the, common, the most common comorbidities, right? And autism can be like on the lower end, but it can also be about overstimulation. Right. So these are things that, that can come with it. So they may need accommodations at work. And that's why I'm like, I think every woman with ADHD should just run her own business. But that's because I'm me. <laughs> and if somebody even hints at it, I'm like, do it. You know, I'm that. <laughs> that's but do I'm it made. with help because like, that's yes. another thing is like, we, that's another way we need community, right? Because mm -hmm. just trying to do that, especially going from like, if you worked in corporate or some other job and you've had this oh, yeah. and somebody telling you what to do, which you hate anyways. But to go from that to like the complete open freedom of doing it yourself, yes. a lot of the time, I know this was my experience being like, exactly. what do I actually do? And then you get overwhelmed and paralyzed. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, mentorship for me is no one size fits all. And my goal really is to give like guardrails and accountability. So not let you kind of veer off. You know, we definitely will explore things that you're seeing kind of like on the side as in like your body and heart are talking to you, but I won't let you go like full on squirrel mode. I'll be like, eh, eh, come on, let's <laughs> wrangle the squirrels, get them back over here. Like, let's focus on this. That's why it starts with your accountability items from last week. And we end with, what do you want me to hold you accountable to this week? Because accountability, we won't let other people down. No. Skippy, we will not let someone else <laughs> down. We'll let ourselves down, but we won't let other people down. So uh, it's important to have somebody who can, they don't have to be there every single minute of the day, but they can be there to support you along the way. I'm simply further down the road than my clients. Mm -hmm. And I know what I needed. And I know what it was like when I got my diagnosis. And I know what some of that looks like. So sometimes what we need in community is just be heard. Mm -hmm. And don't tell me how to do things or how to fix it. I just want to talk about it. I need you to tell me what to do. Yeah. Right. And there's so few spaces in life that we get that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It is invaluable. It's the same with what I do. And I really believe for people with ADHD, like in so many other realms, whether, whether it comes to like, you're dealing with your finances or dealing with, you know, clutter in your home or trying to find a yep. way to get organized there, like so many yep. aspects of your life. Like yes. you don't need somebody to tell you what to do. You need to do it in the right way for you. But having somebody who can listen to you, just like you said, who can listen to you, who understands, who has been there and is mm -hmm. not that far ahead of you. Mm -hmm. To me, it's like, it's amazing. I, I think it's so great. And, and every client I've had, every last one at some point in our work together says hiring a coach with ADHD was the best thing I could have done. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. because even though I don't know your exact flavors and spices, <laughs> right? <laughs> I know your overall spiciness. Yeah. I know where it comes from. I know where the rejection sensitivity comes from. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, so when we're doing sales, for example, and you have rejection sensitivity dysphoria, you got to work on some of that internally so that as you're building a business, you don't take it personally, right? Because it's not personal, but we will personalize something that <laughs> we will make up things to be mad about. Okay, let's be real. <laughs> we'll be like, how did they just answer my three paragraph dissertation with just a K on the text message? They must hate me. Oh, yes. Everything comes back to they must hate me. <laughs> But the other thing I wanted to point out, Jen, is that when we think it's just us, mm -hmm. when we think something is just us and we find out because we're, we're self-centered human beings and that's not a 
bad thing. It's that we are looking at life through our lenses and how we Mm -hmm. grew up and everything. So we see life in our own perspective. And one of the most common things is nobody else has ever felt this way in the whole entirety of life. And that's a load of garbage, right? That's, That's crap. But we don't always know it because if we don't know what's going on with something like this neurological condition, and we're being gaslit and we're being told all these negative things about ourselves, mm-hmm. especially as we grow up, especially if we were told those things throughout our teen years and early 20s, our self-esteem by the time we get to our age is in the dumpster, yeah. is a dumpster fire. Uh-huh. It's up to you to put it out. Like I <laughs> seriously, right? How do you put it out? You go and push for assessment. Mm-hmm. Then you choose if you want to take medication or not. And you choose things that work for your brain, not against it in your home and how you do things. You create accommodations that work for your brain and it's not perfect. A lot of people will be like, you don't look ADHD. I don't know what it looks like, but I guess there's, you know, people are like, you don't look that way. There's a myth that smart people don't have ADHD. That's Mm -hmm. a bunch of malarkey because I know some of these smartest women I've known have it people who run businesses successfully but do you think that they send their own emails do you think beyonce types out an email to her corporation she doesn't have adhd but I, I, that's an example mm-hmm. she runs her empire taylor swift all of them they run their empire do you think that they are doing their own emails doubt it no their assistants are or their manager or whatever everybody has help yet we look mm-hmm. at the one person and go look at how they can do it all When they have like four contractors that help them with different aspects of their business and getting help in aspects of your life. Like if you're in the position to have somebody help you with cleaning from time to time to do the deep clean stuff, because it's just like, it is not your jam. If you're capable of doing that, do it. Mm -hmm. There's no shame in that. There's so much shame wrapped around a neurological condition. Mm -hmm. There's not shame wrapped around. Let's say you have a heart murmur or you have diabetes wouldn't Mm -hmm. you take the route of whatever helps you treat Mm -hmm. those medical conditions Mm -hmm. this is the same yeah you're not making accommodations in your home and doing these things because there's something wrong with you yeah you have a medical condition and some mental health things combined with it so you're gonna be doing things a little bit differently than other people okay Mm -hmm. and we naturally do that to ourselves too where we think Because we're so used to making these accommodations for ourselves and coping mechanisms and trying to like be on the same level as what we perceive other people to be on, that we run ourselves ragged, right? But our expectations are also like, it's so crazy. We have to work so hard just to get up to the what, yeah, like I said, like what we think the level is of everybody else. And yet somehow we still even almost have this expectation that we're supposed to be above that. And then we can never meet it. And then mm-hmm. every day it's like you go to bed and you're like, well, I'm, I'm useless. I didn't yeah. accomplish anything. <laughs> yeah. And it's you have high, right. You oh, have high expectation of yourself and others that comes with ADHD. Yeah. High expectations of yourself and others. But I'm going to bet you that if anybody listening to this right now goes into their phone and goes back to the first of the month and starts looking through their camera roll, don't tell me you haven't done anything. Yeah. Go take a look at the last month. Oh, I forgot I did that. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. What happens to women with ADHD is like, we do it. We get an accomplishment. We're like, yay us. And we move on and mm-hmm. forget that it ever happened. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, someone will be like, yeah, I got my master's. I'll be like, what? Why didn't you <laughs> tell me that before? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. But they're too busy telling me that they're dyslexic and have a difficult time writing. Mm-hmm. Yet got a master's. Do you know what that takes? What amount of resilience and stick to and you know believing that everything is figure outable yeah. you know how much of all of those things that takes right but we just underplay this greatness and i'm not saying that again as an ego thing i'm saying there are things about us that are spectacular that other people cannot tap into yes it's so true and like I keep thinking about when you said like not talking about any of this stuff and we just assume like there's something wrong with us. Oh man, it's the biggest thing on my heart all the time that I just like, I want to, especially for women, like for everybody, but especially Mm -hmm. for women, 
I want to find them all and say there's nothing wrong with you. But we if we don't talk about these things. That's why the community is so great because then you can see you're not alone. And like honestly, the funny stuff like helps so much because like you can make oh, light of it. Who, but there are people who don't like that. I have yeah. seen over and over again meme uh, like a post that's like ADHD isn't funny and memes about it aren't funny. And I'm like, mm. oh. No, funny, I need the humor to, to cope hug right now. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> yeah, laughter. Here are two things. I actually had somebody ask me, what do you do as a, like to help with your longevity instead of being post-active, being proactive. Right. And I, and I said a few things like, you know, sleep and exercise and getting water. And then I said, and community and laughter Yeah, because I've watched so many things about how do we age better? How do we live longer? How do our, we keep our brains sharper? And two of the elements, I watched this amazing documentary and there were two things that happened in every single solitary space where they found these people who would live so long. And it was community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And laughter and fun. Yeah, like that's laughter so is medicine. Play, yeah, like, medicine. Uh, I love it. Yeah. It's so, yeah, so important. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for us to be in the moment, which is why kids and animals are great for us. Oh yeah. Because we have to be in the moment with them because mm-hmm. if we're not, they'll pull us right into it anyway. So yeah. Think of kids. Think of kids. They don't care. They're like, sit down, flirt with me and just do what I'm wanting to do. <laughs> and you're just like, I can't get down there. My knees will break, you know, so yeah. you find a way to get down there anyway. That you is know? so true. Like my daughter, my youngest, who's seven is always like that. <laughs> she she wants to play and she'll just like she gets to the point where she won't even ask she'll just like put the whatever costume I don't know like props that I need for whatever we're gonna play she'll just give it to me and I'll be like in my head I'm like oh my god I can't do this right now I'm too busy I've got to do this I've got to do that and of course as soon as I like kind of just give up and just play with her I feel a million times better even though she's always getting mad at me that I do it wrong but like you just like that play (laughs) and that kind of stuff you just feel so much better from doing that and like I would never think to choose to do that on my own because I always think like oh I gotta be doing stuff you know like busy busy right that's why when I sit in this chair to work I have two tools I have this which are these I I have a new one coming I'm so excited these are these time blockers are so good because they like force you to stop in your hyper focus because we get Um, so hyper focused and my dog he will oh, come up behind yeah. me and start booping my calf if he needs out. And if I'm not listening, he'll grab onto my clothing and start pulling on it. <laughs> so if you don't want something that's going to take you out, if you want something that's going to take you out of the moment, I yeah. mean, out of the future room and, you know, the future, which is fear behind you is rumination. If you want someone to bring you into right now, mm-hmm. besides meditation, the guided meditations, which are fantastic, if, as you mm-hmm. practice them, they get easier are getting in a room with children and dogs. Last oh. weekend, I was with both. Oh my gosh. I'm like, this is too much fun. I can't handle it. <laughs> and I meant that literally. I'm like, I don't know what to do with fun, like this much fun. That's just because fun is not something that we allow ourselves. Fun no, and so true. Time and taking yeah. those moments where it's like, I'm too busy. It's like, but are we? Yeah. I need that. Yeah. I need that stuff. I need the funny stuff. And like, I can't believe I'm still can't believe people are like, no, it's, it's not funny. Come on. Like, give me, a I'm sorry. The fact that you're overwhelmed and understimulated, that's hysterical. Yeah. I know. And like yeah. so many people can probably see, like see themselves. And I know I would always see these memes and stuff before I was diagnosed. And I would kind of be like, isn't everybody like that? Isn't that what everybody no, and then turns out? No. Oh, actually, no, no, <laughs> not everybody. Like, I think in the U.S. it's something like I have to look up the percentage. Yeah, so this is probably wrong, but it's like three or four percent. Yeah, it's like, everything America. I've seen says three to five percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if we think everybody's a little ADHD, no, <laughs> no. You know why? Because you want to know how somebody's ADHD? Put them in a room with a bunch of ADHDers. If they all get along, that person for sure has some yeah. sort of divergence. <laughs> if they're looking at all those people like, these are freaking weirdos. Um, yeah, probably don't have it. No, not no. everybody's thoughts are racing. I saw the best reel. It was a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And the wife is like, what do you mean your brain isn't always racing? Like he'll lay down and just get to go to bed. 
And he's like, no, it's never like that. And she's like, you mean you lay down and like, it's just quiet? And he's like, yeah. She's I know, like, I, can't, I can't understand yeah. that. And, and she's like, he's like, he's like, you know, he was joking something like, what's wrong with you? And she goes, maybe it's not what's wrong. She's like, maybe it's not me that something's wrong with. Maybe it's you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> burn. Well, you need some ice for that burn? Yes, you do. But it was basically saying, what if we're right and you're wrong? Yes. What if corporate America is not the right way yeah. for everybody? What if being in a specific type of school is not for everybody's brains yeah it isn't it isn't it's not no I mean like my kid's pediatrician even said that like the school systems are not built for children like yours but that like not to go off on another tangent but talking about that is like quote-unquote normal which I know you and I talked about that earlier this week but what's everybody else is normal and then neurodivergent people are not normal that perspective to me is like it's wrong. But I heard somebody talking about it um, from the perspective of way back in like the hunter gatherer days. That, yeah, I like, heard that. Yeah. Like that, like people who are neurodivergent, like just had a completely different role in a society. So it's not that we're different, we're different, but we're not like wrong and right. The world needs people that think like us, right? Yes. And while a lot of people are walking away from a situation, we're the ones walking towards it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why so we're so good in like a crisis. I was just going to say crisis management. If there's a crisis and you got an ADHD around, you're going to be okay. Yeah. They're going to be like, okay. First, yeah. they're going to freak out like, oh my God, what's happening? And then the second thing that's going to immediately happen is jump in. Yeah. We're going to be like, what can I do? How can I help? I don't know that. You know, like <laughs> we want to help with that crisis management because it's what we are designed. Like we live by design. If we lived by design mm-hmm. and not default, you have no clue what you're capable of. It's like, it's in, it's insane. And what's funny is going back to that hunter gatherer, part of the reason why, again, this is my opinion. I don't know if anybody else has this opinion or not, but I'm going to share my opinion because that's what I do. I lead from the front, not from the behind, right? When we were back in the hunter-gatherer days, the other thing was, if your tribe kicked you out, if your group kicked you out as a communal, a grouping of people, you would die. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. like Our bodies are like constantly in this, here comes a tiger. Yeah. Right. And you have all your people around you that tiger is not so bad. If you've been left alone by your people and it's just you and that tiger, guess what's for dinner? <laughs> you know, you are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So somewhere buried in us, I really believe is that we try so hard to fit in because being ousted means mm. literal death back in those days. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now it means cortisol levels that are so extreme that how does anyone function when they're constantly in that feeling like something's running, chasing behind them, constantly in that heartbeat, constantly in that fight or flight. I mean, that's not healthy. Mm -mm. It causes a lot of health issues, Mm -hmm. but some fight or flight is normal. It's it's natural. We need it. It's like if you're walking down a dark alley and you hear some footsteps, (laughs) having that adrenaline cortisol kick in is very important. Unfortunately, a lot of us are just in the grocery store grabbing some Cheerios. (laughs) We're like, ah! And then it's like, all of a sudden, you feel like an evil clown is coming at you yeah. for no reason at all. Yeah. Uh, or maybe somebody looked at us weird and we're like, oh my God, what did I do? What what I do? Yeah. <laughs> my favorite little fun trick is picking up micro expressions. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Picking up micros. So my husband will be doing something and I'll be like, how? I'm like, how's it going? He'll be like, fine. Nobody's saying it's fine, but what his face is telling me is this. <laughs> Like a little bit of a, 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 like a weird movement in his eye or a little twitch on his, you know, corner of his mouth. Oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? Yeah. And he mm-hmm. just be like, what? Like, basically, like what's wrong with you, woman? <laughs> but it's like those micro expressions. So we also are so good at reading mm-hmm. other people in some ways. We're naturally intuitive. We tend to have a lot of amazing gut instinct that we ignore until we finally figure out like it actually works and it's true because we can hyper focus sometimes and then other times we can't keep anything out we're receiving 
all of the information at one time. Mm-hmm. I think that has parts to do with our intuition too. Maybe yeah. people are going to think I'm a woo-woo crazy person, but I don't mm-hmm. care. I believe it. It's no. True. Yeah. True. We, we just read people in a very different way. Yeah. I mean, have you ever had friends tell you, oh my gosh, Jen, so-and-so is so amazing. Like four or five people would be like, so-and-so is so amazing. And you meet them and you're like, Ugh. like all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're like, what are they yeah. talking about? There's something really off about this person, you know? And, yeah. All of a sudden, like three three years later, they're in the newspaper for serial <laughs> killer. I'm just kidding. That's not really right. But I, I think that's something that like I've really learned to trust as I as I age because before I can think of times like that when everybody thinks, you know, like, oh, this is the best thing ever, or this is the best person no. ever. And I'm like, yes. I just can't connect with this person or I can't yes. I just don't see it the same way. And before then that would be like another vote in the column of there's something wrong with me. But now I'm like, no, you know what? There's something that like, I I can trust my own instincts about something and that's Mm -hmm. okay. I can just like, you know, it's all right. If I, you know, don't, don't, don't mesh with somebody that's fine. But I really rely on that now. Whereas before I thought that was like just something negative about me. Right. Right. I I even have like a head tilt that comes with it. Right. (laughs) Like someone will be like, be like, oh, this person, John, they're so great. And like four or five people say, and then I'll meet John and I'll just be like, <laughs> it's just like that little head tilt, like a, like yeah. a dog watching TV in a commercial. That's me. I'll just, I will tilt my head like, mm, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you all like this person. So it's, I have had that experience a handful of times mm-hmm. and usually later down the road, I'll hear like something not so pleasant about them mm-hmm. and I'll be like oh yeah there was that do 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 instincts mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah like, our <laughs> instincts are so so good another thing that I think of like with that whole like we're talking about crisis being good in a crisis <laughs> like I think back to like even the pandemic and being like all right you know this is the, it is what it is and and I yep. felt like I was pretty calm cool and collected and like I mean oh, yeah. circumstances figured out what to do but what I thought when I think about why I managed okay is because I, I don't know about you, but I spent so much time like going through these like fake scenarios in my head of like, if this happened, what would I do? If this ever happened, what would I do? Oh, if I talked to this person, what would I say? And all this, I, you spend so much time in your imagination of these things. And then it's like, when it happens, you're like, well, I've our, already dealt with this before. So I know what right. to do. Well, what the funniest thing I heard was from somebody who has anxiety was the fact <laughs> that's like, now the regular people understand what we feel. <laughs> They're like, yeah, baby, we've been prepping for this our whole lives. Yep. So you want us to just stay home and don't do anything? <laughs> okay. We're like, we're designed for being at home and figuring out out of yep. the box situations. Like, mm-hmm. The pandemic really was hardcore in a lot of ways for a lot of people, but it also was a clarity giver to a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I wonder if there's some connection there too, with like people seeing like their, I don't know if it's like, because we're home and they're paying attention to different things, or if it's like their symptoms were maybe heightened, but it seems like there were a lot of people who recognized that they have ADHD in that timeframe. Like, what do you think that was all about? I think that more time in front of screens, even though it's like not the best answer and other women talking about it more freely. Mm. I think those are some things that I I speak about it freely. I spoke about when I thought it was solely anxiety and depression. I still talked about that out loud. Yeah. Brand is Carrie out loud. I made that brand name before my diagnosis. Yeah. Because my whole goal is to always say the things out loud that other people won't say. And my mentors, I have two, Allie, the one who I actually is my mentor, and then Pink, she's my mentor too. She mm-hmm. just doesn't know it, but that's okay. Because <laughs> oftentimes there'll be like something, I'll be like, should I post this or should I say this? And I'm like, well, what would Pink do? I need a shirt, WWPG. Yes. What would Pink do, right? Because I'll just think like, she would just freaking roll her eyes and do it. Not mm-hmm. that I know her or will ever know her, but just her energy. Mm-hmm. Does she care? Yes. Does she care about the things people say and all the crap? Yes. I've seen her in interviews. Yes. She goes, however, she still lives herself 
she still lived her life. Mm. It's like none of that matters. And I think that once women figure out they have ADHD and start to figure out how to truly manage it and get to, it's like you have 2200 vision and somebody handed you the glasses that you've been needing your whole life. And you're like, whoa, it takes time to adjust. Yes. Very Especially true. since some, some people are very attached to a title, like an anxious person with anxiety. Yeah. I have a friend who this anxiety was at the core the whole time in her mind and her doctors, but she actually had ADHD. And I remember thinking, wait, I'm an anxious person. I don't have ADHD. I mean, just that mind shift mm-hmm. alone was like, whoa, it took me, I was like, went inside like three or four months and really didn't tell or talk to many people like about it. Mm-hmm. only like the people super close to me because I didn't know what I was feeling. What I was feeling was every emotion all at one time. So much so that I didn't know what anything felt like for a while. I can so relate to that, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but fortunately, but see, yes. this is just a perfect example of that. We need to talk about these things so that we yeah. know this is common with people like us, I guess. Right. And even though it's, it's, you know, what is it? However, many percentage of the world that it is, and it's not to try to be like us versus them. Mm-mm. I never want to be like, oh, that neurotypical coach. You know, mm-hmm. I do talk about using a neurodivergent coach as opposed to a neurotypical coach. If you have ADHD or other neurodivergence, just because we understand each other. Mm-hmm. But my mentor, she doesn't have ADHD. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But she and I are a lot alike because of how we grew up because of like, like circumstances in our life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe she has ADHD. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I didn't mm-hmm. know what I didn't know, but mm-hmm. whatever we do, we're harnessing it and using it for the greater good. And that's really for me, why I created the Neuro Spicy Collective. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's why. And I have had women come in there I mean, the account's small right now. It's like 150 people, which is phenomenal. I'm mm-hmm. so excited because mm-hmm. they're all actual humans, right? Imagine yeah. being in a room with 150 people, a mm-hmm. lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I have had women because I, you, you know, and I know I have this very special secret thing that I do that I only teach to my paying clients mm-hmm. that helps create conversations and having people say things like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I finally found your account. You're exactly what I've been needing. You're exactly what I've been looking for. You know, like people who are just barely getting diagnosed and needed education or their kids were just diagnosed. They need to know more resources. You know, it's like I'm creating a resource. I'm creating a guide of things that I wish I would have known. At first it was a course. And I was like, you know what? I need to condense this and make this into a guide, not just a one page thing, but like an ebook of what it looked like before, what type of things to look for how to get assessed, what different resources you can use besides your medical insurance to get assessed. Is it just your own doctor? What are some of the feelings that come with it? All of those type of things. I want to put that together because what I joked is that I didn't have a manual or a handbook when I was diagnosed. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll just make one then instead. You should because but like, yeah. I, oh, I'm do, it's, in the, yeah. it's in the process right now. It's okay, good. Because right I was going to say, where do people get that? Because I know they're going to want it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, it'll, it'll, it'll be happening. It's going to be, yeah. it's going to be for free in exchange for an email address, of course, mm-hmm. just because, and, and also I don't write boring, super like salesy no. emails either. I just write emails about like life and contending mm-hmm. with it. And something maybe I learned that day from a client or something that I learned that day from a friend or, mm-hmm. you know, just talking about life and experiences and, and every once in a while I'll talk about things that are going on in my business world. But for the most part, it's like just really to connect in a longer form, but I want to offer something of a little bit deeper value than what I have now. Mm-hmm. You may have forgotten my recent download, which is like the things that get out of your mind and into your body. Yes. I yes, I did. That I sent out in my email, which has a bunch of different ways you can try to kind of work to help regulate your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Even though our nervous system is different, we still can do certain things that will, we can practice while we're not overstimulated, practice while we're not in particular states so that when we are in those states, we have tools we can grab onto that we've already practiced when we were calm. That's why I love that freebie mm-hmm. is because of that very fact. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
we need that um, stuff. But, it's great. Yes. That's a great resource. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's more to managing it than solely medication. Medication does a lot of the heavy yeah. lifting. Yeah. And it, it works on about 80% of people. The stimulants work mm-hmm. about 80% of the time. That is high, high efficacy, yeah. very high. I and mean, what other medications, Absolutely. like your flu shot doesn't work a hundred percent. Right. So, yeah. so just, just know, there's one ADHD specialist who's done so much research. He's looked over hundreds of thousands of different pieces of research. And, and he really just says, you know, we have a time blindness problem. Yeah. Time blindness. It like literally two hours could go by. We were going to do something for five minutes and two hours go by. Mm-hmm. We need to learn how to manage that so we can live our lives better, not more effectively or more efficiently, just in the ways that benefit us more. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when I know I have to do something in 10 minutes, I turn my cube to the little five. It's a physical thing. It's not my phone. I'm not going down the scroll hole on this thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, and I share this from time to time because it's like one of the tools that I found it's, it's nine bucks. Like it's one of the, but those management tools, not everybody knows they're out there. Yeah. You can go into Amazon. It's called a time cube. There's many different kinds, but Mm-hmm. Eight US, eight or nine US is mm-hmm. what I grabbed these ones for. I just grabbed a little upgrade that's digital and Ooh. has like a little light timer mm-hmm. that like goes down. But even that was 18 American only. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't wasn't too terrible, but it's something I use every day. That's awesome. Every day. I only preach what I practice. Mm-hmm. If I don't use something or I haven't tried a tool, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I know exactly what you're you're doing because I've done that. No. If I haven't done it, I'll be like, no, I haven't given that a try. What do you, you know, what do you find that that helps you? It's like, I'm not going to BS you. There are certain things that some people contend with, with ADHD that I don't. And it's a spectrum. Mm -hmm. I think in the future, we're going to see it being very much a spectrum as well. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. 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 Well, Carrie, this has been so awesome. I knew, I knew when we talked that we were going to talk about so many things, but all things that people like can really relate to and understand. And so, well, of course I want people to go find the NeuroSpicy Collective. So where can people find that? We'll put all this in the show notes, but where can they find that? Where can they find you? Tell Mm -hmm. tell the people where to go. (laughs) Tell the people where to go. So the NeuroSpicy Collective is just those three words, the Mm -hmm. NeuroSpicy Collective. I did see another one crop up, but it has like underscore hashtag. So Oh, It'll go no. into the show notes for you. So yeah. that's the Neurospice Collective. And I, as a business mentor and life coach, is Carrie Out Loud. My name is K-A-R-R-I-E, and then the words Out Loud. And I'm on Instagram. And you can also go to carryoutloud.com. And I don't do business like a lot of business mentors. I, I basically preach about my coffee talks and my, you know, my email list. Mm-hmm. that's what I talk about the most when it comes to like, what do I sell on Instagram? Because every human is different. I have seven or eight different programs. I'll talk about them from time to time, but mostly I want to get to know you. I want to understand your business or understand what you want to create mm-hmm. and figure out like really where it's coming from for you and then see which of the things that I have available that will work for you, not I'm going to throw one program at you and this is how you do things or you're just a failure and you can't do anything. It's yeah. never going to be like that. You can ask Jen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She'll tell you like, I yeah. was, it's like, how do we work with your brain to make it work with your brain so that, because if it doesn't work with our brain, we won't show up. It's so true. And everything she said, right. That is exactly how she operates. And even yeah. if you're not somebody who's like, interested in entrepreneurship or is an entrepreneur or any of that stuff, get on Carrie's email list because you want to get her love notes. They're awesome. I love your emails. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I, lo- I, love, I love writing those because those are kind of like, they. I call it the love note because really it is my love note to mm-hmm. my soul sisters, my ADHD soul sisters. It's like, we have things in common. We're at different parts of the road, but the road is so similar for so many of us and my story is so the story I hear on repeat it was like I was told I have this I pushed for testing I got my testing I was correct Mm -hmm. I got on the right medicaid I got on the right treatment for me I started figuring out other ways to manage it as well 
and my life is 180 degrees different. Yep. Absolutely. I hear that from so many. Do we still have doubts? Do we still have rough days? Of course. Of course. But if we're managing it to the best of our abilities, we won't be sitting in our poop wondering why it smells. <laughs> So it's like, do you guys smell that? It's like, dude, you're sitting in it. What are you doing? Let's not you. be those people. Let's not let's not do that. No, no, because it, it's so easy to go into victim mentality, like, yeah. oh, I was born with this and I just nothing I can do about it. Garbage. Yeah. That's garbage. There's always mm-hmm. something that can be done. But some people want to associate with things in a negative way. And I am the opposite of that. So Mm -hmm. if I'm not the person for you, I completely understand. But I'm never going to say you don't have problems. I'm never going to say, oh, you know, get over it. I'm not going to say that. No. what I am going to say. Yeah, I was just going to say, you're not telling people to keep masking (laughs) or keep like trying to like just power through and do it. No, no. No. I'm like, I'm like, what do we need to start prying the mask off just a little bit at a time? Uh, Like, what do we need to do? How do you take your first, how do you dip your toe in that? It's like, okay, I'm having trouble starting to write my books. Like, okay, we'll just open the, the page. Yeah. You don't even have to type anything. Just go to your computer and open up your document. Yep. And then just acknowledge that it makes sense that you might have trouble starting. It doesn't uh-huh. mean there's anything wrong with you. Let's figure out a way yeah. to do it that works for you. And that's so much of what I talk about too, because I I feel like I stress it all the time that I'm like, I'm not saying like, for you, you have ADHD, you're never going to be able to lose weight. That is never nope. what I'm saying. But I am saying mm-hmm. it might be different for you because your brain works differently. And so let's yes. figure out how to make it work for you yes. in the beautiful way that you are. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I know that my attitude or my perception of this may trigger some people. And that's okay because some of them would be like, oh, just that's ridiculous. And then some people might stop and go, well, that's an interesting perspective I haven't mm-hmm. thought of yet. So that's really why I just speak from the heart. Like that's the only way I know to anyway. It's funny because when people meet me, they're like, you're just like you are. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> like five, seven years ago, mm-hmm. no, you be like, who the hell is that? Who is that? Who is that person? That's not you. That's some other. Yes, that's right. That's some other version of me. Oh, me too. And I thank all those versions because all those versions never gave up on getting me here. Every version of myself did not give up on me to get here. Hmm. And I would rather have gone through those things and be here and be able to speak about it out loud so other women can figure it out for themselves than be neurotypical. Oh, I know. Hmm. I'd rather be this way than not. Me too. That's who I am. I don't know. Yeah. Just... Yeah. And and it's not a, it's not a, it's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You're just like a, a little bit different kind of unicorn. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you. You know, I love you. Um, oh, is you there anything else, that. anything else that we didn't talk about that you want to say or you? No, I just, if people want to get in touch with me and talk to me in the first step, for them to work with me in a business capacity or even life coaching mm-hmm. is shoot me a DM that says coffee talk. And then I will respond and we'll chat and line up our calendars because that's the first step in anything I do when I work directly with a client. Yeah. If I'm not working directly with you, like I do have a grab and go program for chat GPT for people with ADHD, which I love that program. Mm-hmm. It's very easy. It's bite sized. It's meant for our ADHD brains. And it's something that can be very helpful for us to organize thoughts and things like that. But when I'm working with someone directly, I need to make sure I'm a fit for them and they're a fit for me. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I can only help a certain amount in certain capacities. And I only can help people who are coachable. And I can really feel that when I sit and talk with somebody as opposed to be like, okay, hire me for the next six months. And and then they didn't know what they were getting exactly, Mm -hmm. who they were getting exactly. I'm like, no, I won't do that. So that's why my, I talk about booking a coffee talk. That's the first step for us to work together. The coffee talk. The coffee talk. (laughs) If you know, if any of you know what that's from, if you don't, it's Mike Myers character, Linda. Uh, from forever ago and she's like a Jewish woman with big hair and big glasses and a thick New York accent and every time I think of the word coffee talk I hear her saying coffee talk you know because at the beginning she's like 
She's like, you know, we talk about coffee, dogs, dogs, daughters, New York, coffee, you know, coffee talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then she says all these Yiddish words that crack me the heck up. And yeah, she, he, Mike Myers did that character so well. I always hear coffee talk, but I made it a coffee talk because it's really what it is. It's a casual thing where I get to know you and we see if one, we connect. And then if we do, I either suggest one of the programs I already have in place and if one of those isn't fitting where you are, I can construct something with you to make sure that we get you what you need as well, instead of just one of the plug and play. So nothing I do is plug and play. No. Because you aren't. Nope. Nobody is. <laughs> None of us are. <laughs> None of us are. Mm-mm. Well, it's yeah, been awesome talking it. to you today, Carrie. And uh-huh. we'll make sure I have all the contact info is in the show notes everybody can reach out to you and follow along and and get the love notes well yeah the love notes are fun love notes are often just personal experiences or observations sometimes there's a little bit businessy sometimes they're a little bit more adhd that's what my podcast is like as Mm -hmm. well it's i've got your podcast too you gotta talk about your podcast really quickly (laughs) yes uh, the the adhd entrepreneur her and i will send you the link for that and it's entrepreneur but at the end instead of the r it has an h-e-r and it's half the episodes are business and half the episodes are adhd education because just like i an advocate i believe that women owning businesses are whole people not just their business and i also just want to help women with adhd in general whether you're in business or not so that's why i kind of split those episodes so that Mm -hmm. there was a it's kind of a, what does what my friend call a choose your own adventure books? Remember yeah. those? From the yeah. My podcast is a choose your own adventure. And, it, and the ADHD content starts around episode 59 and I'm almost at episode 90. Ooh. That's wild to me. It. Yeah. 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 So, All right. I'm so grateful that you had me today. Thank <laughs> yes. you so much. Thank you so much for being here. here. Yes. Oh, awesome. Of course. We'll talk of course. to you later. All right. Chickadee. Take care. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Losing Weight with ADHD podcast. If you are ready to make lasting change in your life, please head over to my Instagram at jenniferwatts.ca where you can connect with me and find all the tools and tips you need. From there, you can also access my free guide of the Calm Method for Weight Loss with ADHD or book a free call with me. I'd love to hear from you, so please reach out, especially if you have anything you would like to hear about on the show. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review so the show can continue to spread this message. Until next time.